Leviticus chapter 6, verse number 8. If you're there, say amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. He said it's as important for it to be burning at night as it is in the day. And the priest shall put on his linen garment. If you were in Bible class this morning, you heard this scripture. His linen breeches shall be put upon his flesh. And he shall take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar. And he shall put them beside the altar and he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it and it shall not be put out And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. I'd say this is pretty clear because he says it again. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. I want us to read this last line together. It shall never go out. It shall never go out. Can we say that again? It shall it shall never, shall never go out. I want to preach to you something I felt churning in my spirit. Came down late last night to spend some time with the Lord. And I heard the voice of the Lord begin to deal with me last night. And uh, I felt the Holy Spirit impose a thought on my heart in the form of a question that I want to preach to this congregation this morning. Are you a keeper of the flame or a guardian of the ashes? Are you a keeper of the flame or a guardian of the ashes? Father, we honor your name today. For there is no name higher than the name that has been given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak, that you would help us, God. Touch our hearts and our minds. Touch our spirits, Lord. Let us be ready to receive from the word of God what thus saith the Holy Ghost. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Let the church say amen. I'd feel really good right now if you'd put that Bible down and clap unto the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. May the Lord richly bless you today, and you may be seated in the mighty name of Jesus. I, uh, if we were doing an in-depth Bible study today, we would go into the differences in all of the, the offerings 
you got the burnt offering, the meat offering, uh, the trespass offering, the sin offering. And there were even some that were unacceptable offerings. But the power of what I've come to preach to you this morning is a simple little thought. But I feel like in full transparency today, we need to hear what the Spirit is saying. The Bible said that these men of the ironic line of the priesthood were to be told and commanded from Moses directly from the Lord as the Lord's mouthpiece that this is the law of the burnt offering. This is on the brazen altar as you walk through, and I love teaching, preaching tabernacle, you know that. But as you walked in, that, that brazen altar was the first piece of furniture that you saw. It was, uh, it was a place of death, a place of killing. For us, it represents truly repentance. It represents taking up your cross, denying yourself, following Jesus. It is that place where we must die. It's the place that a lot of people like to circumnavigate. They like to move around it because what they want is the happy part behind the veil. They, they want that table of shoe bread. They want that incense because its fragrance is so pleasing. They want the light of the golden candlestick. They certainly want the glory of God in that mercy seat. How many of you are thankful for mercy? Amen. But I want you to know, in essence, that the mercy seat was the byproduct Accessing the mercy seat was the byproduct of visiting the brazen altar. The brazen altar is so interesting. You know, if you and I were to build an altar today, the specifications that it was built and that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, was told to build it by, then we wouldn't be quite as surprised the way that the Lord had him to build this brazen altar. It's brazen because it's brass. And we know a lot more about metal now than than we knew about metal 4,000 years ago when they were building this. But it's kind of interesting to me that this altar, even this altar that's going to be set with fire on the altar, it had shittim wood on the inside and it was wrapped on the outside with brass. It's so very interesting because in the Holy of Holies, everything was wrapped in gold. Everything had gold on it. It was polished. But on this altar, there was no gold. It was brass. And we know now, if you know uh, much about metals at all, which I don't claim that I do, probably the most knowledgeable man I know anywhere about metal is Brother Sean Webb. He has every certification to weld everything that you can weld, and that's not hyperbole. He is, he is a master welder, and he could tell you probably things that would preach better than what I'm preaching right now about this. But this altar was so powerful to me. Because that wood represents the humanity. You know, the, the wood represents that flesh that was covered in brass. But it's so crazy because had they wrapped this in gold, then the heat would have been so much that it would have consumed the wood that was inside of it. But the brass, the brass isn't as conductive with heat as the gold or the silver would have been. And the Lord, the Lord told him to wrap this altar in something that could stand the heat. He said, I want you to build this just like you would any other piece of furniture because flesh is going to be involved in this. 
He said, but I want it to be wrapped in brass so that when the heat is hot, that you don't ever have to stop sacrificing because the wood is consumed. I want it to be a place that once the fire is lit, it never goes out. The Lord has a way in the way that he leads us and guides us. Of, now, I know it's hard for some of you to believe right now because you're facing your mountain. I know you're, you're facing your trial. You're facing your adversity. But I want to tell you that God has a way of making us out of some things that will not be consumed just because the fire is hot. God has a way of making things in a certain way that he can keep the heat of the fire turned up but it will not be consumed. I'm here to preach to somebody in the Holy Ghost this morning that you feel like you're in a season that you've wondered if you're ever going to come out of this and you're going to die in this, if you're going to be consumed in this. But I want to tell you, God made you of something that's a little more special. God made you of something that cannot be consumed just because of the fiery trial that you're facing. But I want you to know when you come out of this thing, you're going to be as hot as you've ever been and on fire for the Lord. I want to tell somebody today, God's not finished with you yet. I want to tell you in here today, depression doesn't get the final say in your life. Your fiery trial doesn't get the final say in your life today. God has the final say, and God knows what he's made you of. I think of times in my life where at the time I was facing it, I really did wonder, will I make it? And I hate to give any glory or praise to it at all, so I'll say it just with the least amount of praise that I can. But I even had times a few years ago during what we called the pandemic of wondering, are we going to come through this? Is there really any way that we're going to come out of this the same? But I'm going to tell you, the Lord helped me with something in that. The purpose of us going through what we went through was not so that we could come out the same. And the purpose of what you're going through today is not so you can come out the same. God is using this season in your life for you to come out differently. God is using this season in your life. Man, I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I feel this so strong this morning. God is forming character in you that would not be formed if you weren't in this season. You feel like all you do is wait, 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 wait. You feel like Mary and Martha and your brother died and it's too late and he can't do anything now because behold, now he stinketh. Anybody in here just sick of stinketh? Come on, you're sick of the stink. You're sick of the weight. You're sick of wishing it would have been different. You're sick of saying, if he would have shown up then, I wouldn't be in this place I'm in right now. But I want to tell you something, Mary and Martha. If he wouldn't have waited, your brother would have never been resurrected. You can't have the resurrection without the stink. And God's got some of you in a place of stink right now because he's about to resurrect some things. But you got to let God work. Gotta let him work. I struggle sometimes with patience. I feel like patience are for doctors. That's the way it should stay. But I, I thank the Lord for the gifts of the Spirit 
Thank the Lord for the nine gifts. I always celebrate when the gifts are flowing. But I really struggle in my life to keep the fruits growing. We all like it when the gifts are flowing. But it's a big struggle to keep the fruits growing. And that being long-suffering. Oh. I can't tell you about all my private conversations that I've had with the Lord. But there was a comedian several years ago that had this little thing. I, I, I don't know that I ever even saw it. But I saw the clip of him saying, God can't fix stupid. <laughs> Is that the truth? God can't. <laughs> Man, it got quiet right there. God can't, he can't fix stupid. And so when I start acting stupid, I start asking him to fix what I'm messing up. And then I get mad when he don't fix it. And I'm the one that did it. Boy, am I just preaching to me this morning. Now, I'm not saying that I've ever gone to the Lord and asked him to fix some stupid in this church. That's not what I'm saying. I shall not be incriminated publicly or privately. But what I am saying to you today, precious people of God, is that I can't get frustrated at God when I open the door and say, welcome with your muddy shoes into my home. And then get mad at God because I got to clean the floor. Well, you can be seated. It's amazing the things that we invite, that we ask God to fix. Now, I know it's not a scripture, but people really like to use it all the time. They, I love things people blame on scripture that's not scripture because it does sound really good. When they say, well, you know, the Bible says God will never put more on you than you can bear. The Bible does not say God won't put more on you than you can bear. It's not anywhere in the scripture. Matter of fact, the only time it's ever alluded to at all is dealing with temptation. Which makes it all that much bigger. That in the seasons that God hasn't put more on me than I can bear, I can raise my hand and say, I don't know whether it's a fact that he won't or not. I've had times there's been more, but I can tell you whether God does or not, I can sure put more on me than I can bear. Come on, can I preach to somebody in here? I'm, I'm talking to somebody in here. You can't even blame God for it. You invited it. You opened up to it and said, I can handle this. No, you can't. You can't handle it. But let me tell you about the power of mercy. When I put more on me than I can bear, he may not lift it off of me and give me the ministry of extraction to take me out, but I'll tell you what he does do. Come here, beautiful woman in the blue coat. Tell you what he does do. He says, come on. Let's walk through this trouble together. I didn't bring you in the trouble, but I'm going to bring you through the trouble. I may not have put you in this trial, but I'm going to bring you through the trial. There is a vast difference in God bringing me out of a trial and God bringing me through a trial. Because if God brings me out of a trial, what God is showing me is that he can bring me out. But if God brings me through, what he's showing me is you can make it. If God brings me through it, he's saying, when you trust me, you can come through this. When you I'm here to preach to somebody this morning. You're coming through this thing. Now, I, I, I get caught up in this. Thank the Lord I learned my lesson a long time ago. But you know what? I don't know what some people did before they had Facebook. 
mean, honest to goodness. This man's having a tough day today. Woo. Holy smoke. I'm so sick of mean people. People are so hilarious. These keyboard warriors are amazing. I've been asking God to take this warrior spirit to some of you got on social media and turn it into a warrior spirit in the prayer room. Because the people that gripe the most on social media spend the least time in the prayer room. It's amazing. Well, the musicians would come this morning. These altars are open. Isn't it funny that the easiest thing for me to do is just complain? Just complain. You know why? Because it don't fix nothing, but it makes me feel better. I'm preaching about me right now. I feel better if I could just gripe. I feel better. This is my wife's line. I feel better if I can use her line. You know what? I'm about to find out. When I hear that, I've had it. <laughs> it's a bad time to say it right after school when she's been here working all day with your kids. She got to griping about something about the door or something yesterday, and I was like, babe, don't worry about it. We're at lunch. It's the weekend. She's like, you don't sit there with them kids all day. Like, you know what? She still puts up with me, still loves me. I'm like, hey, it's all good. And so I'm going to jump on there and I'm going to say, this man is tired of mean people. Up, update. Isn't that something? I love that. I think it's the craziest question that could ever be posed by Meta. What's on your mind? Don't ask that. <laughs> this is a little tougher than I thought it'd be today, I'll be honest. I feel kind of like I'm pulling wisdom teeth right now. Oh, an impacted wisdom tooth. I'm going to tell you, if you think it feels liberating to go on to Facebook Instagram, Twitter, got to put them all in here. Can't have exclusions. Go on there. Type it out and just, can I say it? And just puke up how you feel. You ought to know how good it feels to walk into a prayer room. Say, Lord, this mountain's a little higher than I could climb on my own. This has been a struggle, Lord. But I know one thing, Lord, if you've brought me to it, you can bring me through it. I know one thing, God, if you are for me, who can be against me? Come on. I'm telling you some things that's going to change your life right now. I'm talking about finding that prayer closet and declaring the word of the Lord. I know, God, this is a rough season, but no weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper. And I declare it may feel like it's prospering and it may feel like the enemy's winning and it may feel like my world is caving in and it may feel like my friends hate me and it may feel like everything in my house is broke and every one of my kids are sick. But if God be for me, that's what this altar was all about. That brazen altar that could not be consumed. 
I wish sometimes some of you precious people would realize how tough you really are. Come on. I'm telling you, some of you in this room right here have the ability within you to make the devil regret the day he ever bothered you. Come on, I'm going to preach to all three of you right now. Some of you in this room right now have within you the potential to make the devil say, that was the biggest mistake that I've made in thousands of years to mess with God's child. If I'm going to come back here, I'm going to have to bring back some bad mamba jambas with me. I'm going to have to bring back a few more angels of darkness next time. Are you hear what I'm telling you? I've come to tell you God believes in you. I've come to preach to you today. You're bigger than the trouble you're facing. You're bigger than the mountain you're climbing. And with God, nothing shall be impossible. I know with man, it may be impossible. But with God, all things. too late pastor you know when it's too late it's too late when you keep saying it's too late who was it Henry Ford I think that said whether you think you can succeed or you can't you're right Ooh, pastor's preaching the power of positive thinking no I'm not but it does help a little bit <laughs> it does help to smile and I'm not talking about one of those. How you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> I, I don't even know where I was the other day. I can't remember. I walked into a place of business. And somebody, I, I walked in, greeted him. I said, hey, how y'all doing? Good to see you, you know. Got to act like I'm the Pope walking around all the restaurants. Hey, how y'all doing? Walk over there. Hey, good to see y'all. Great, how you doing? Somebody said, Pastor. You're always smiling. I said, you know why? I got a reason to be happy. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you this morning? I got a reason to be happy. I'm not telling you my nose don't ever run. I'm not telling you I don't ever get a cold. I'm not telling you I don't ever get sick. But I am telling you I know the healer. I'm not telling you I don't ever get depressed. I'm not telling you I'm not ever down, but I do know he is the glory and lifter of my head. I'm not telling you I don't have bad days. I'm not telling you I don't have days when the clouds hang low, but I am telling you I know the master of the wind. I am telling you I know a God that can make it better. And when I can't take it to nobody else, I can take it to the Lord in prayer, and I will not be consumed. read that scripture it's so horribly convicting Paul said I've been shipwrecked I've been beat I've been put in prison my mother-in-law got mad at me I, I can't even tell mother-in-law jokes anymore because you moved here <laughs> she has destroyed my ministry Mother-in-law got mad at me, cussed me out. Not mine, Paul's. In all sincerity, he goes through this whole deal, and he said, and none of these things move me. I'm like, come on, Paul, tell the truth. Come on, let's just, let's, hey, ain't nobody else listening. This is just me and you. 
Have they really affected you? He didn't say they didn't affect me. He said they didn't move me. Oh, you ain't hearing me this morning. He didn't say I haven't been frustrated. As a matter of fact, he said, I've been perplexed. Oh, God. He said, I have been pressed, but I haven't been crushed. He said, I've been persecuted, but I've not been abandoned. I've been struck down, but I hadn't been destroyed. I said, God, how in the world can you do that? It's a made-up mind that it don't matter what comes, it's not going to move me. Ooh, I wish I had something deep to preach to you right now. You can take your floaties off. I'm going to keep you in the shallow end. I'm going to tell you, the difference between some of your misery today and your victory is a made-up mind. I don't care what the devil does or what my husband does or what my wife does or what my mother does. I will not quit, and I will not back down, and I will not relent. I'm going to give God my best, and I'm going to serve him every day. I'm up here trying to preach. I wish you could hear my head. It sounds like a symphony up here. I'm trying to preach, and all I can hear is do, 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 do. It will never, never, never lose its power. The blood still works. You don't know how hard it is to preach and be a musician. I'm like, I want to tell these people the secret. That's why I smile. Because when I'm driving down the road and I feel as stressed as I've ever been, I think of old Bishop Don Johnson. God is so good to me. He is so good to me. More than this world could be. He's so good to me. His spirit came to me. And gave me victory. God is so good to me. I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I'd like to see them go. I ask this question. Lord, why so much pain? But he knows what's best for me. Although I cannot see. Watch this seeker right here. So I'll just say. I won't complain. I've had some bad days. And I've had hills to climb. I've had some sad days and I've had a weary mind. But when I look about and I think these things all out, all of the good days outweigh the bad days and I won't complain. Be good. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. 
Praise God. Praise God. Woo! I'm trying to get you to see how much God believes in you. I'm trying to get you to see this morning. It's not over because the doctor said it's over. I'm trying to get you to see it this morning. It's not over because the banker said it's over. It's not over until God says it's over. Uh, and so this, this altar that can't be consumed is the place that I got to come. Place that I got to bring that sacrifice and lay it down. But the Bible said that there was value in being sure that the altar was kept clean. Now I'm going to take you somewhere. I'm almost done. For those of you that are curious, let me just say it like this whether I mean it or not, I'm going to say it. I'm coming to a close. It's the only time preachers can lie and nobody thinks anything about it. They'll say it 29 times. I'm, I'm coming to a close. Okay. So if it makes you feel any better, I'm closing. This altar, it was a difficult place. Death, smelled like death. Smelled like singed hair. It didn't smell like a Texas Roadhouse grill. It smelled like something horrible had happened here. It was a place of death. Slaughter. Lay it down. Burn all night. Burn in the day. He said, but while that fire is burning, if we're going to keep this flame burning bright, he said, every now and then, you're going to have to change your priestly garments. And you're going to have to walk up to that altar while the flame is burning. And he said, all of the ashes from the day sacrifice previous, you're going to have to scrape all that out. And you're going to set it beside the altar. Somebody say beside the altar. Oh, there's so many powerful things. I wish I had time to preach about this. He said, but I want you to get all of the ashes. And I want you to put them in a, in a, in a bucket. I want you to set them right beside the altar. Give it a little time to cool down. You, you can't be taking fire with you in the ashes. Let it cool down. Oh, God. I don't want you carrying that live fire with you in the ashes. This represents where you've been. This represents who you were. You've taken it out. Here it is. Put it beside the altar. Now change your clothes, and I want you to take this, and I want you to carry it to a place. There is a place for the ashes. There is a place for yesterday's victory. There is a place for what you went through yesterday. But what you came through yesterday, God, I hope you're hearing me, is not your story. It's not the end. The ashes of what happened on the altar yesterday are just that. But now you've got a testimony. When you stand up with that testimony full of ashes, you're saying this is what God forgave yesterday. This is what happened in my life yesterday. But the Lord said the place for what you went through yesterday is not on the altar. What are you saying, Pastor? 
Don't keep bringing your sacrifice from yesterday back to a prayer room and saying, God, I'm sorry for what you've already forgiven. I'm here to preach to somebody that needs to be set free this morning that every time you try to come into his presence, there is a voice that says, do you remember what you were? Do you remember what you did? Do you remember what you said? Do you remember how you acted? And there was a clean place right outside the tabernacle that you could take those ashes and say, devil, if you want to remind me of where I've been, I want to show you there's a place right over there, but that's been hidden under the blood, and the Lord can't see that anymore. And if you think that's something, the fire hasn't gone out yet. The fire is still burning. And I made up my mind. I'm not going to be a guardian of the ashes in my life. I'm not just going to protect what I've been through. I've come on Sunday morning to give God a sacrifice of praise. I've come on Sunday morning to thank him for where I've been. But everything I used to be, I've carried it outside the camp. Today is a new day. It's a fresh day. I want to ask you today. Are you a keeper of the flame or a guardian of the ashes? I did, I did so good, Pastor. I came to church faithful for quite a while. And then I just fell off. Okay. I stopped being faithful. Okay. Put it in a bucket. Carry it out there to a clean place. And say, you know what? It was a mistake. So I'm just going to dump it off out here. There it is. That's yesterday's failure. But back in here, there is a flame that it's to never go out. Folks, I'm not saying this to be ugly. I'm saying this to present a fact to you. It's going to be hot in here whether you're here or not. There's going to be fire in here whether you're faithful or not. And all I'm saying to you is the more often you can get around the flame, the more powerful this experience is. But don't let your failure from yesterday keep you from coming to the altar today. There is there is fire on the altar today. I know you made a mistake. I know you slipped and fell. Welcome to the club of imperfection. But for everything that's sacred and holy, get back up and take the ashes out and come back to the altar because the altar's still on fire. People quit when they're down. Maybe you don't see things the way that I see it, but I'm going to tell you what I see. I see people that like to kind of just grovel in their own misery a little bit. I'm going to tell you what I see them doing. I see them walking out in their priestly garments and laying down in a pile of ashes and just playing, making snow angels. What are you doing? I did some dumb stuff. Yeah. Some big mistakes. Yeah, I know. I just, your clothes are dirty. I see it. Everybody here knows that we all make mistakes. And we all have problems. And anybody in here that tells you they don't, don't tell them I said this. But they're a liar.
folks, I wish that you were sitting among the strongest people in the world. But everybody in here is humanity. I don't think we've got any AI bots in here yet. Well, I wish I could just take a raise into the hands right now of all the perfected ones. Where's my precious little perfected ones? Because I am not a precious little perfected one. I want to be. Woo. I ain't going to tell you all my faults. You ain't got enough time. Just yesterday, I was in a parking lot somewhere in this continent. And I had to ride away. Somebody just thought they'd keep on coming. And I just thought I'd keep on going. It's my turn to go. And they stopped. You better be glad. My wife said, whoa, what in the world are you doing? I said, what do you mean what am I doing? I'm going. She said, that was your fault. I said, look back there. They had a sign. I didn't have a sign. I said, say you're sorry. I ain't got no Jesus fish on my Cadillac. <laughs> Say you're sorry. <laughs> now she's preaching over there. I'm going to take her the microphone. Hey, look. Jesus bled. Jesus cried. Jesus felt forsaken. But he finished his purpose. There are precious people in this room today that I just want to I just want to settle the score. I really am closing. I'm I got to get you out of here. But I'm going to settle the score in here right now. There ain't nobody in here that feels as bad towards you as you think they do. But can I take one more step and just be me? And if they do, who gives a rip? Don't y'all be running right now. Go sit down. That, they, you couldn't see it on the camera, but there were people running and dancing. You know what? I made up my mind a long time ago. I just want to be careful how I say this today because I don't want to be insensitive. I, I mean that. And we do need one another. Understand me? But can I just be as real as I've ever been? And I want to calm way down. And I want to say this as calm as I've ever said it, as I've ever said anything in this church. I don't plan on wallowing in my ashes and missing heaven. And I ain't going to let you put your ashes on me and make me miss heaven. At some point, we're going to have to get some Holy Ghost fortitude and say, if you want to walk away, then walk away. But when you come back, I'm going to be standing right here. If you want to risk missing the rapture, then you go ahead and risk missing, and I hope you make it back before it comes. But I'm not going to be lost over what I've done 
and I'm not going to be lost over what you've done. Every time the doors are open, I'm going to be in the house of God because there's still a flame on the altar. I'm not worried about what happened yesterday. There's a clean place for that, and I've already removed it. But I am not going to guard the ashes of what happened yesterday. I'm going to keep the fire hot for today. Oh, let's lift our hands to the Lord. I feel like somebody's coming to an awakening in this room right now. Nobody's denying that there's the ashes of the sacrifice from yesterday. It's there. But what I am saying to you is that those ashes are going to wash away in the next storm. But the flame that's on this altar today is so powerful. That the greatest storm could not put the fire out. What are you saying, Pastor? The best place to be is in the house of God. The best place to be is in the house of God. I don't care what I've done, what I've been through, who I did it with, what happened, what they said. I'm here to reach for you today. Quit letting the devil beat your brains out. But Pastor, I failed, I failed. Okay, put it on the altar. Carry it out of the camp. Get rid of it. Carry it out. There's a clean place for it. But come back to that altar and say, Lord, it's a brand new day. I'm here to offer a sacrifice. I feel a cleansing in this room right now. I really do. I feel something so sweet trying to break forth into hearts and lives right now. God, I don't know who you sent me here to preach to today, but if it's one person... I can pick up from the ashes of yesterday's failure and give them the clean clothes of their royal priestly garments and them set in their heart and their mind today they're going to serve the Lord that it's been worth it all come on somebody reach out and touch him today oh pastor my failures are so many but your failures are no greater than his mercy and grace today I'm telling you 